I don't know if you've ever heard of a company called Google. Uh, you may have heard of them before, but this uh, past week, uh, Google uh, released their best of 2014 video called Year of Search. Uh, and this video is only about 90 seconds long, but they start the video by saying there was trillions and trillions of searches this year uh, via Google. And they asked a, a really phenomenal question. And the question at the very beginning of the video just said, what do these searches say about us? In these trillions and trillions of times that uh, men and women were searching for things, what do these searches say about us? And as they go through this video, it says, people are searching for hope. Uh, people are searching for love. People are searching for greatness. People are searching for inspiration. People are searching to make sense of things. And in the video, there's some hard things where they're showing some pain and some suffering and some brokenness. And in the video, it talked about how people are searching to make sense of the world in which we live in and, some of the, and a lot of the brokenness that many people go through. And as I watched this 90-second video, the answer to the question to me became very obvious. Humanity, trillions of times over, is searching for something we don't have. Uh, and at the very end of the video, it kind of fades to black, and the video just simply says, search on. Um, and the encouragement is keep searching for hope, keep searching for love and inspiration and to make sense. Now, obviously, I don't know every single person here tonight, uh, and it's safe to say we all have different stories and different backgrounds, and we've, we're just different. But the one thing that I would say that all of us have in common, a commonality between all of us is this, would just be joy. All of us here tonight uh, are hungry for joy, are hungry for meaning, not just meaning in our life, but to actually experience something that would just be called joy. Now, not just like momentary happiness uh, that carries you through a day or a week or a month, but a joy that cannot be shaken or taken from us no matter what life throws our way. Now, what our searches say about us is that we're people who are hungry for that. Uh, people are searching for that. People are looking for that. And, you know, some people are going to search for joy in relationships. Some people are going to search for joy in their job, in their career, in the titles that they would get. Some people will search for joy in things like education and maybe the degrees that you can get. Some will search for joy in family and, and kids and a marriage and a, and, a, and a spouse. Now, I'm not suggesting that any of those things are bad, and certainly there is levels of joy in each of those things. But I think all of these things that we are searching for joy is often very momentary and very fleeting. Now, as I consider the Christmas story, the one message that rings loud and clear at Christmas, and not just Christmas, but it, it, it's so clear is Jesus and joy are a package deal. Jesus and joy are, you cannot separate one from the other. If you have Jesus, know Jesus, there is joy there. Uh, without him, there is not joy. And I'm talking about like joy that cannot be taken from us or shaken out of our lives no matter what happens in our life. So Jesus and joy are a package deal. You can't separate them. Uh, Judah Smith, who's a pastor in uh, Washington State, uh, said this, here's a truth that could change your life. True happiness cannot be found in anything unless it is first found in God. Let me read that again. Here's a truth that could change your life. True happiness cannot be found in anything unless it's first found in God. 
joy has to be first found in the good news of Jesus. And when joy is found there, you'll find joy in everything else. You'll find joy in everything else because Jesus and joy, they come together. You cannot separate them. But what's interesting is you just look at history. Over the last 2,000 years, humanity has done everything that we possibly can to find joy in anything and everything but God. Uh, C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, said human history is the long, terrible story of man trying to find something other than God which will make him happy. And why is that? Why is the, the, the thought or the assumption that in God we're not going to find joy? That we have to search for joy in something other than actually a relationship or knowing God? Now, I don't know everyone's view on God tonight, but the one thing that I'd like you all to know is God is not a Grinch. God is not out to ruin you or ruin your life. When I look back to the very first Christmas uh, some 2,000 years ago, the message was not like, hey, God showed up and he's here to ruin you. God showed up and he's actually here to steal from you and God is out actually to get you. But somewhere along the way, we have this notion, this idea that in God, knowing God, walking with God, that there's not actual joy in that and so we search for it in other places. I'm going to read a few verses from the very first Christmas story. This is uh, Luke chapter 2. Uh, we'll put the, the verses up on the screen. But I really want you to listen to how Luke articulates the story of the very first Christmas 2,000 years ago. Start in verse 7. It's talking about Mary. She gave birth to her first child, a son. And she wrapped him uh, snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. And that night... There were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And they were terrified, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. And I want you to listen to the message. This is the very first message proclaimed uh, on Christmas 2,000 years ago. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you're going to recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Now, we only have a few moments uh, together tonight, but I want us to consider this question. If Jesus and joy, you cannot separate the two, and according to the very first Christmas message, the first Christmas message that was proclaimed is that there is good news of great joy for all people, then my question is, well, what is this good news that brings great joy to all people? Because if you think about it, we kind of live in a bad news culture. We live in a culture that thrives uh, on bad news. If you just look at 2014, were you surrounded more by bad news uh, or good news? Uh, you just, and you turn on the television, you're going to see pain and brokenness and suffering and disease and poverty. You're going to see a lot of bad news, but yet the Christmas message would tell you, no, I have good news of great joy for all people. Now, think about this for you personally. What, when you think of good news in your life, what comes to mind? When you think of good news, what are some things that come to mind? I want to share with you four. I have a longer list, but 
I'll share with you four. Good news, okay? This good news came, uh, I don't know, about 20 some odd years ago. The good news, actually longer than that, wow. The good news was you passed barely, but you passed. That was an email from my political science professor saying you passed, barely. Now, according to Ohio State's rules, you have to have at least a 2.0 to walk across the stage and actually graduate with a diploma. And I was just hovering on that line right there. And depending on what my political science professor, how he felt about my final paper, final project, really would let me know. Do I get to walk or I do not get to walk? So when that email came, said you passed barely, man, that was great news because a week later, I don't know if you ever heard of Gordon Gee, but best college president ever, got to give him a big hug on stage because I got that good news. Good news came in three letters 17 years ago. She said yes. Three letters, just yes. I said, Kyle, will you marry me, spend the rest of your life? She said, yes, that was great news. That was good news. All right, here was some more good news. I was uh, in grad school before I came here. Uh, so this is about, I don't know, 11, 12, 11, 12 years ago. Uh, and I was working at a gas station, Sitco. And I was pretty good friends with the owner. Uh, and he knew I was a huge fan of the Ohio State University. And uh, that year, Ohio State was playing in the national championship game against the Miami Hurricanes. And owner of the, the, the gas station uh, had a friend uh, who lived in Tempe, Arizona, where the game was being played, uh, who was a manager, uh, GM of a casino. And so the message I got from my friend Dave, he got you four free tickets. When he gave me that message, wow. I screamed. I got four free tickets to the national championship game free because some guy who runs a casino in Tempe, Arizona, who has no idea who I am, decided to give me four free tickets. And that was great news because that year, if you remember the game, which I know you all do, we went and in double overtime won the national championship. I was sitting next to my dad who I brought with me, my best friend, and we invited his father to come and it was absolutely amazing. About an hour, two hours before the game starts, guy comes up to me and says, you've got four tickets. Showed him my tickets. He said, I'll give you $10,000 for those tickets. And I was like, are you serious? I'm not going to trade in this good news, these four tickets for that. Kind of looking back now, it would have been probably better news to take the money and say, Kyla, we made some money on this deal. Good news for me came 11 years ago when Kyla said, Michael, there are two lines. And I had to check the box again to figure out, is one line good or two lines good? And two lines meant we we're going to have a kid. That was good news. These are just small, goofy examples of good news. But what's really interesting about this, this news impacted me, but it didn't impact any of you. My good news absolutely had no impact on you, on your life. It's, it's news, but it's not good news to everyone. But yet the first Christmas message says, this isn't good news just for a few people or some people. This is good news of great joy for all people. Justin Buzzard in his book, uh, Big Story, says this, Jesus didn't come with advice for us to absorb and follow. He came with news. It's news that brings joy. And the gospel is history-making, life-shaping, a paradigm-shattering news. It is news about something done in history that changes you, that changes everything forever. Jesus does something so radical, so violent, so dramatic, and it seals this good news 
and makes a way for us to join the big story. This is the Christmas message. Jesus and joy cannot be separated. The first message proclaimed is, you and I have been invited into the story, and this story is a story of great news, good news that brings great joy to all people. In a few minutes, I just I want to share with you three thoughts as it relates to the first Christmas message that was ever proclaimed in Luke chapter 2. And the first one would be this. There's no need to search for it. It's come to you. There is no need for you to search for joy because joy has come to you. Luke chapter 2, verse 10. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. I'm pretty confident the shepherds were just there doing what shepherds do. I don't think they were on this big pursuit of, we've got to find this, the greatest news that will bring the greatest joy. It came to them right in the midst of what they were doing. And it's interesting to me that so many people spend so much of their time and effort and energy trying to find the very thing that God says, I bring it to you. I bring, you don't have to search for this. I am bringing you this good news of great joy, but yet we will spend our lives searching for news that will bring joy to us. But the first thing I learned from the Christmas message is there's no need to search for it. It's come to you. A very uh, great theologian named Weird Al Yankovic said this, we spend our days on a hamster wheel going nowhere frantically. Now, I have no opinions on Weird Al, but when I read that, I was like, it's true. We spend so much of our time and effort and energy on this hamster wheel trying to find something that God says, but I bring it to you. I am bringing you good news that brings great joy to all people. So the beauty of God's good news is that it comes to you. You can stop looking for it. A second thing I would learn from the Christmas message in Luke 2 is the good news is for all people. And that means you. The good news of great joy is for all people, and that means you. Luke 2, verse 10, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Great joy to all people. Now, of all the people that could have received this news, if you were a gambling man back 2,000 years ago, and the message was, hey, God is coming. He's going to show up. Let's place our bets on who he's going to come to first. Who's going to know about this? There would not be anybody who would say, my money's on the shepherds. There is not anyone who would have said that. Why? Well, because shepherds were the castaways. They were the marginalized in that, in that culture, in that society. But God came to them, and he revealed that this is a message, good news, great joy for all people. Now, imagine if that's the message, good news, great joy for all people. But the message that actually came was, say, to the rich and the religious. Imagine just for a moment if that's how God decided to do it. Imagine if you were not in the rich and the religious camp, how you would have felt. That would have been one of those things, yeah, I know that the good news of great joys for all people, yeah, but we're not really in the all because it came to them. It came to those in culture, in the world, in society that are lifted up and exalted. But God said, no, I want to bring this message first and foremost to those that are marginalized on society's ends. 
Because this good news came to them, all people really means all people. And I want to stress this. Even if you don't care about God, well, you know what? The good news is still for you. It changes nothing. Even if you don't think you need God, the good news, it's still for you. Even if you are really, really, really far from God right now, good news is still for you. Even if you have a horrific past, a past that brings guilt or shame or remorse or hurt and pain, I want you to know, even if that's you, this good news is still for you. No matter who you are, where you are, where you've been, no matter what you've done, this good news is for all people, and that means you. I don't know if you've ever been or felt on the outside of all people. You know this, that it's for all people, but you don't feel like you're part of all. You feel like you're on the outside because of stuff that's happened, stuff you've done. The Christmas message, the gospel, the good news of great joy for all people, it says it's for you. It's for you. So tonight, wherever you are, the good news of great, it's for you. The last thing that I would share with you uh, tonight, um, we know that we don't need to search. Well, God's brought it to us. We know that this good news of great joy is for all people. So what makes this good news so good? If you read in Luke 10, verse 11, it says this, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Here's the news. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Third thing I want you to see, the good news is God came near. For thousands and thousands of years, God had been telling people, I am coming to restore, I am coming to redeem, I am coming to reconcile humanity back into a right relationship with me. So people don't know about me, they know me. They have a relationship, personal relationship, experience of God. And there is a big difference of knowing about God and actually knowing him. And the good news is that God came near so that we can know him. See, in the beginning, God created you and I to have a perfect, right relationship, but humanity said, we want to find joy in other things. And humanity has been continuing to go that way. But the Christmas message that was proclaimed 2,000 I've got good news, great joy for all people. I've come. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord has come. This is, uh, Tim Keller said it so very well in his book, Encounters with Jesus. Every other religion and philosophy says you have to do something to connect to God. But Christianity says, no, Jesus Christ came to do for you what you couldn't do for yourself. The genius of Christianity is that it's not about here's what you have to do to find God. Christianity is about God coming to earth in the form of Jesus Christ, dying on the cross to find you. So when the shepherds hear the good news, great joy, it's for all people that the Savior, yes, the Messiah, he has come. The Lord has come. What they are hearing is no longer do we have to live and die separate from God. No longer do we have to live our lives apart from God and die apart from God. Because the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior has come, we can have life with God today, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year, throughout eternity. That's what makes this good news so good that brings great joy for all people is that you and I, we can have a relationship with God. Now, I want to finish by hopefully making or stressing one thing. 
I'm making it really clear. He didn't have to do it. God was not obligated to come to a humanity that had rejected him. He didn't have to do that. I don't know if you remember when you were growing up, your parents would say, I love you. And you're like, oh, all right. You kind of have to. We're kind of stuck together. You, you have to love me because you're my mom. You're my dad. But with God, he didn't have to do this. He didn't have to come up with a plan of salvation and redemption and restoration and reconciliation. He didn't have to. So the question is, if he didn't have to, then why did he do it? Why did he come? Why did he show up? Erwin McManus, uh, in his book uh, that he wrote years back called Soul Cravings, answers this question perfectly. This is the story of God. He pursues you with his love. Even if you reject his love, he pursues you ever still. If the message that God wants to get across to us is just about getting our beliefs right, well, then he didn't need to come himself. If God's entire intent was to clarify right from wrong, no personal visitation was necessary. If the ultimate end was simply to overwhelm us with the miraculous so that we would finally believe, well, then even God taking on flesh and blood and walking among us was far from necessary. There is only one reason for God to come himself because in issues of love, you just can't have someone else stand in for you. The reason he came is because he loves you. That is the reason that he came to restore and reconcile and redeem you and I back into right relationship with him is because you are loved. And that might not be new news to you, but this is the amazing good news that brings great joy to all people that you are loved by God. He came in person to communicate. That's how much I love you. I will come and take and provide a way for you to be with me now and forever. And the beauty of the Christmas message is you are, are loved by God. You might not love him tonight, but I still want you to know how you feel towards God has not changed how he feels towards you. The good news is for you. The good news is not just for those who currently love God. The good news is for all of us, that you are loved by God. We're going to spend a few moments just praying. We're going to sing Silent Night. We're going to light some candles. And as we do that, for those of you who are here tonight and you've received this message, you've received the good news of great joy, it's for you, not just for the person next to you, but it's for you. Then as we sing this song, Silent Night, and we light this candle, I just want to invite you to simply say, Jesus, thanks for coming because you loved me. Jesus, thanks for making a way for me to know you today, tomorrow, and throughout eternity. And for those that are here tonight that maybe are asking questions and searching, I just wanted to invite you, like the shepherds, you don't have to search for the very thing that God brings to you to say, here is the good news. The good news is himself, a relationship that brings incredible joy. So if you've never received the Christmas message, the good news that brings great joy to all people that Christ has come, Savior, Lord, Messiah, he's come for you. I want to invite you tonight to just simply receive him.